You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. My guest today is Dr. Mohamed Salim, the professor of microbiology in the College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Salim, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you. Great. I uh, appreciate your time. And today we're going to be talking about the research you're doing and uh, specifically on research on antibiotics and the shortage thereof and how Purdue is addressing that problem. Uh, before we jump into that, just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself, You know, your, your title and how long you've been here at Purdue. Uh, I'm a professor at the College of Veterinary Medicine, as you mentioned. Uh, I've been here nine years so far. And uh, I started here at Purdue my first independent lab at 2011. And um, your research that you're currently working on, as we kind of just mentioned a minute ago, is searching for the solution as for a concern of running out of effective antibiotics, right, for the continuing illnesses and diseases out there. Is that correct? That, that, that. That, that's correct. Actually, we are, WHA, WHO confirmed that we are actually running out of antibiotics. So this is not a joke, not exaggeration. And uh, we are running out of antibiotics. And one of the things that we are doing in academia, basically doing, is trying to help fill in the gaps that uh, was left out by um, pharmaceutical company abandoning the field of making new antibiotics. So my lab is focusing on uh, drug discovery and trying to find new antibiotics for the drug-resistant pathogens that we cannot any longer treat. How long have you been working on this research? Uh, I would say eight years so oh, far. Okay. Yeah, since I moved to Purdue. Okay. Yeah. And how big of a concern is this? Like, how soon could we start seeing a problem if this isn't addressed? And if there is So the problem already exists. So you have in, in human and animals, you have patient you can, no lo you can no longer treat. You cannot find correct antibiotic to treat them. Uh, you have patient dying because of simple opportunistic infection. And don't get fooled by the word opportunistic. In this country, you are more likely to die of opportunistic infection than from real pathogen. And they are everywhere in the soil, everywhere around you. So people get infected easily with these microorganisms, and they have really a troubling characteristic. Uh, they are multidrug resistant. That means they resist uh, several antibiotics that are being used for treatments. So we definitely need new antibiotics to treat these pathogens. When we say, you know, use the words running out of antibiotics, what does that mean? It means many patients, when they come with this infection, you have no choice what antibiotic to give them because the microorganism will show resistance to all antibiotics that you are currently using. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely running out of options for some of these infections, and without finding new treatment, new options, you won't be able actually to treat these infections. Unfortunately, people may actually uh, uh, become the like the pre-antibiotic era where people die because of uh, simple, you know, cuts and wounds, mm -hmm. and that's a concern, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And so your research is hoping to address that. Talk about some of the, the drugs and things you're looking at to help alleviate that problem or reverse the problem. So my lab actually have several uh, focus in research. Uh, one of them, I would say, most interesting in my lab is called drug repurposing. Um, basically, we use FDA-approved drug and we screen them against uh, uh, old pathogen we have in the lab. 
hopefully that we, we could find a drug that's already approved in the market, used for blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, then we can repurpose this drug and use it as antibiotic. This strategy actually very promising because the drugs already approved in the market. You already know everything about these drugs, so toxicity is not really an issue. Also, it's less expensive, fast, more efficient to move these drugs once you find new application for them as antibiotic, to move them to become new drugs in the market. So is it, am I correct in saying it's kind of a way to reuse them in a different way or to treat different Absolutely, things? Absolutely, okay. to reuse these drugs, recycle them, and use them to treat different additional uh, uh, in, uh, infection, additional diseases, uh, instead of this drug treating only uh, cardiovascular disease, actually can be used also as antibiotic for treated for certain infections. Gotcha. And I think I was reading an article that said you're using more than 4,000 approved drugs. I mean, that's a lot. And how, how does that work when you take one to 4,000 different drugs and work? That's those? a very good question. <laughs> so what happened is actually we start by identifying what's approved, what's already in the market, how many drugs already being used in USA or worldwide. And the number was 4,000. So we have 3,000 FDA approved drug in USA, and we have 1,000 uh, approved drug approved outside USA, uh, but they're still being used in, in patient uh, for different applications. So we gathered those 4,000 drugs, collect them, put them in what we call a library of drugs, and we start screening these 4,000 against the most important pathogen that uh, affects people. And uh, whenever we find a head, we basically um, either work with a chemist to see if we can modify this head. Uh, a head is a drug basically that gives good activity against the bacteria. So either modify this drug and make it more potent so it can become antibiotic um, or change the application of the drug some of the drugs were identified, they will already be taken by oral, and we found out if we can put them over the skin, they will have a great actually antimicrobial activity. So sometimes changing the way you apply the medication. Gotcha. And as you work with chemists and, and testing these, talk about the testing process to, to see if these are effective and are going to work. So the, drug discovery is a really complicated process, and I, I was surprised to know. It takes, just to let you know, it takes 15 years for a drug to reach from the lab to hit the market, okay. and it costs $2 billion. So you can imagine the amount of work uh, it, it does require. So um, you have to test the drug in several ways, toxicity, efficacy against the microorganism. Mm -hmm. Then once you identify the best or the best drug, you move the drug to animal trial, make sure that the drug actually is effective in an animal model that's similar to the human infection. Then uh, after you confirm that, you again make sure that the drug is not toxic in animals, then uh, ideally you want to move the drug to clinical trial. The clinical trial could be in animals. That's what we do in, in our hospital, College of Veterinary Medicine. We have several clinical trials because dogs are also getting infected with multi-drug resistant bacteria that we cannot lo longer uh, we can we can no longer treat so they need medication too they need new drugs too so one of the way we're doing is we the good hits the good drugs we identified actually we can move them to clinical trial okay. in dogs and when you see them succeed uh, on animals or dogs when you're testing those how much joy or excitement do you do you get when you see success and and, and progress it's it's amazing honestly mm -hmm. when you test your drug and try to move your drug further and you can help animal 
and eventually human at the end. It, it just that's I think the ultimate goal for any investigator to have uh, 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 his drug or his molecule moved further to the market where people and animals can use it actually to save their lives. So you're about eight years into this research now, kind of seeing probably, I'm guessing you're seeing some movement at this point, right? That's correct. So far we have, uh, I would say, 12 patents for drugs okay. that we are, hopefully that they may have some com com commercialization opportunity. Okay. Um, we've been, um, we have seen a couple of drugs that uh, move to clinical trial in uh, dogs that infected with drug-resistant bacteria. It results so far amazing, and we are hoping that these drugs actually get approved in animals first before actually we can move them to uh, humans. So the, the, um, I can say that we have so many hits that has so much potential to move forward to that clinical trial or approval. Talk about what you hope this provides for the future of human medicine. Uh, ideally, ideally, I would like to help fill in the gaps that we have in antimicrobial drug discovery. So there are two major gaps. One of them is identifying new drugs. And uh, as I mentioned, pharmaceutical company, most of them actually not interested in that field anymore because it doesn't bring money. Okay. Uh, pharmaceutical company are more interested in drugs that people take every day for chronic diseases. So they kind of left the field of the antimicrobial drug discovery. So for us to fill in this gap is actually is something that we are very excited about. The second thing is diagnostics because also one of the major challenge is to identify the pathogen or the bacteria that causing the disease very quickly and give the correct antibiotic. Um, that doesn't happen. Unfortunately, up till now, we still have the same diagnostics we have in the 50s and the 60s. It still takes three days to identify what's the microorganism that's infecting the patient, what antibiotic you should give to the patient. Mm -hmm. And by that time, when you have the correct antibiotic, many patients actually would be dead mm -hmm. because you did not give them the correct antibiotic. So one of the way we're doing in the lab is we try to come up with a new technique that within 20 minutes, I can tell you what's the microorganism that's circulating in the blood, what the correct antibiotic or antifungal you should give to this patient. And hopefully if we can move this technique to the clinic soon, we can actually save lives. Yeah, say that could change the future of healthcare. I, that's what we are hoping <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> um, as we're kind of wrapping up, anything else you'd want our listeners to know about your research? So the major major pathogen that we're working in the lab, MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, which is a big, big issue in this country, is one of the major players in our lab. Uh, Clostridium difficile, it's another microorganism that's causing huge problem in USA. 30,000 people die every year because of this infection. And there is only one drug that was approved in the last 40 years for this microorganism. Uh, Neisseria gonorrhea, and you may have heard in the news, all over the news, the sexually transmitted disease are on the rise. Neisseria gonorrhea specifically became resistant to all antibiotics that you have to treat patients now with two antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And actually, even we expected that the super Neisseria gonorrhea, which is start to arise in certain country just a matter of time before we have it here in USA, and you won't be able to treat Neisseria any longer. So uh, these are the three pathogens in my lab so far that we are focusing on and Hopefully that we have, we already have really very exciting drugs that can be used for uh, uh, treatment of these pathogens. Hopefully we can move them to the clinical trial soon. That's great. I uh, appreciate the work you're doing here. For any of our listeners who want to learn more about what you're doing, 
Uh, where can they go online? You can visit our website uh, if you if they go to the College of Veterinary Medicine or Salim Research Group okay. website. You're going to learn everything about our work. Sounds great. Dr. Salim, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for joining the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Thank you so much. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.